the blog Regret the Error, which um, I really like, has collected the top media errors of 2012. And uh, one of the worst headlines they have. Uh, Mike, do you want to read that? Sure. It says, at last, singer Etta James dies. Now, you could read that uh, if you were reading it one of two ways. Either the woman who sang the song at last has died. Or you could read it that they're like, finally, she's dead. At last. Which is horrible. On the line with us now is Jesse Scheidlauer from uh, the Oxford English Dictionary. Jesse, there's a name for this type of error, right? The name for this kind of thing is a crash blossom. This is an ambiguous headline that can be read in, in, two, in several different ways, usually because you can't tell a noun from a verb or because you leave out words like is or of. So when you first read it, there is some reading that makes sense but grammatically but doesn't make sense in meaning. Uh, one of the classic examples that the Columbia Journalism Review used as the title of a book about these Squad helps dog bite victim. Which, you know, when you read it, you read it one word at a time. You know, squad helps dog bite victim. Um, you know, so this is something that is you know vaguely plausible. I mean, a dog bites people. I mean, would a squad be helping a dog? You know, so you have to read that twice before you realize that it, that dog bite modifies victim here. Well, so so Jesse, where does this term crash blossom come from? Uh, crash blossom was coined. By uh, on a copy editing forum, based on an example of this sort, uh, there was a headline that read uh, "Violinist linked to JAL crash blossoms." I'm in, uh, I am speaking it in the mis in, in the incorrect way. You know? yeah. Violinist linked to JAL cla- cr- crash blossoms. Uh, that is, in, in this reading, um, a violinist was linked to. Crash blossoms associated with JAL as Japan Airlines. Yeah. Um, the, the true meaning of this is uh, a violinist who was linked to the JAL crash blossoms. This yeah. is a violinist whose father died on this crash, and and she uh, achieved success. Um, so the headline was pointed out by someone and said, like, we should have a name for this. And and another person, Dan Bloom, uh, we know who it is, um, said, well, why don't we call it crash blossoms? All right. Well, Jesse, thanks as always. Okay. Thank you. This is How to Do Everything. I'm Mike. And I'm Ian. On today's show, our friend and comedian, Jesse Klein, is going to tell you how to do stand-up. We'll also tell you how to root for your favorite team. But first, on the line with us now is uh, Agent Kyle Estes from the Yuma Border Patrol in Arizona. Now, Agent Estes, we understand that drug smugglers are trying new ways. They've come up with new ways of getting drugs over the border there. Can you tell us about what happened? Well, we had an incident uh, last Friday, Friday evening after sunset. We had a concerned uh, a call from a concerned citizen that they had found some things out in their field. Uh, the field is right up against uh, one of our fences. Um, as we responded to that, we came across 33 cans of marijuana that had been shot over uh, the fence. Uh, they were pretty, pretty decent size, uh, roughly about the size of a soup can, maybe a little bit bigger. All right. Um, and collectively, there was about 85 pounds of marijuana. Wow. How did they get, how did, where did these cans come from? I'm down in Yuma, Arizona, and this is where this took place. And what uh, these individuals did is they came across the river down into the brush area and set up a, a pneumatic-powered uh, cannon. Um, it, 
I guess you could call it a, uh, in colloquial terms, kind of a high-powered potato gun. Oh. <laughs> so, um, and from that, they were able to set up uh, and shoot these these cans roughly about 500 feet up over a, a canal we have and then over the fence into this field. The field, like I said, butts up right against the fence itself. Now, I, what I'm imagining here is like uh, like one of those T-shirt cannons at, at a basketball game. Well, if you're hit with a T-shirt at, at a, a field or a ball game, yeah, um, you're going to be overexcited and you've got a T-shirt to wear. If you got hit with one of these things, <laughs> if you're lucky, you're going to the hospital. Yeah. yeah. And I guess it would mellow you out, ultimately. Now, this seems, it seems like such a crazy way to do it. Is this, what's, uh, what's one of the crazier things you've seen people try in, in trying to get drugs across the border? Well, this, this is one of them. Other ones, <laughs> um, in our area, we have a great deal of fencing that comes up, and that's been very beneficial to us. Yeah. Um, they will try and ramp, create ramps. They can drive uh, their vehicles up and over. And I don't know if you saw the... Uh, the release here about three or four weeks ago, but there was a, a Jeep Cherokee that actually got high-centered on the top of about a 15-foot fence. Wow. Um, on other instances, they'll bypass the, the ramps altogether, and we've actually seen them uh, try and use cranes to actually lift vehicles up and over the fence and drop them back down. Wow. Now, is uh, it, as somebody who's trying to stop this, as you see these creative things, whether they're successful or unsuccessful, is part of you ever like, you know what, drug smugglers, that that was a good attempt. That I'm impressed. Well, I, I guess with anything that, that you receive a challenge from, yeah, and it gives you the opportunity to learn something new, uh, there's some gratification in that. You give them um, points for style, maybe? Um, I don't know if I'd say it that <laughs> way, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to, continue to, to deal with their unique ways of, of trying to get it in and We'll continue to mold and, and shift our resources to combat that. All right. Well, Agent Estes, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Have a good one. What can we help you with, Sam? Well, I've always thought it would be really fun to be like a stand-up comedian, but I have no idea how to get started. What makes you want to be a comedian? Well, I love to make people laugh, and it's always been kind of like, oh, that looks cool. I want to try that. Have you ever done anything like on stage like that before? Uh, I tried once and failed miserably. Ooh, tell us about it. Yeah. It was in Wyoming, and it was like at an open mic night, and there was like three people, and I went second, and I failed completely. I got like four jokes out before I left. Can you tell us any of the jokes that you, you tried? Uh, it's so cold here in Wyoming, I think I saw a tauntaun freeze to death. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, we have, Sam, uh, a friend of ours, Jesse Klein, who's a stand-up comedian. She's here on the line with us now in New York. So, I'm here. So you've heard, Hi. You've heard Hi, Sam. Sam. What, what's your take on uh, starting out in stand-up? <laughs> well, it sounds like so far everything's going according to schedule. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she went to an open mic, and there were three people there, and it went terribly. So right now you're having the exact correct experience. Great. That's, that's pretty typical. Um, yeah, I would say that is the most typical experience. And um, I don't know if this is encouraging or discouraging, but that's not going <laughs> to change for quite some time. Um, but no, uh, and all to be very sincere about it, uh, that is sort of exactly uh, the basis of how it begins. I will say I'm very impressed by the fact that you 
tanked so badly uh, and still want to do it because that is something that weeds people out a lot. But you still want to do it, so you should keep doing it. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I feel like I'm. It's like I've never been so important. My opinion is somebody <laughs> who's really listening. Jesse, what do you think is a good next step for for Sam? Then you know, first you should have something in your life that isn't going that well. Uh, that will. Oh, I've got help. that. Yeah. Okay. I assumed uh, you're in college, and uh, yeah, so that's something. Something's awry. <laughs> and then you know, I think. The big thing is keeping a notebook or, or your iPhone notes or whatever is easiest and just writing down any anything that strikes you as funny at any time. Well, so once Sam has some ideas written down, what's the best way to kind of work those? Do you think she should just get back up on stage or do you work it with friends or how do you do um, it? I think the biggest thing is to get on stage as much as possible and you just keep eating it as much as you have to. Because here's, this is the good, I'm going to try and get more positive about it. The good thing that will start to happen, if you start to get a little comfortable, you sort of start to like explore, like make it more like talking to the audience, like a conversation, and you'll start to say things that maybe you didn't plan to say. And for me, some of the most like magical moments of working out material, especially when I was starting out, is like, I would say something I hadn't planned on saying, and that would get a huge laugh. You know what I mean? That is, yeah. I think that is actually my favorite thing about stand-up is kind of improvising on stage, and you discover as you work out a joke what's funny. And just a side note on that, which is like you should always remember when you go on stage, like it's natural to be nervous, but just remember that like this should be a sort of who gives a <laughs> feel. <laughs> like the stakes are pretty low, really. You're just going on stage for a few minutes, and if it goes badly, whatever, and if it goes great, fine, but try to just keep it in perspective. All right, guys. Sam, do you have any, any last questions for Jesse before we let you go? Jesse, you're really cool. I like your stuff. Oh, Sam, I'm like, honestly, I'm so, I was like really psyched when they asked me to do this, and I think Really, it's so exciting anytime anyone wants to do stand-up, uh, especially as a lady. Uh, I love hearing ladies who want to do it. Uh, and I think you should just keep going. Sweet. Good luck, Sam. Good luck, Sam. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So it's been a few weeks uh, since we talked with Sam, but we wanted to check in and see how she's doing with her comedy. Now, uh, as, as we speak now, Blythe is, is getting her on the phone. So, Sam, you've had some time to take in Jesse's advice. Um, what have you been doing with your stand-up? Uh, I've been working on coming up with some jokes, and um, I've got, like, a couple, but I keep rewriting them. Are you telling them to people? Have you tried them out yet? Uh, I've tried a few of them out, but they, uh, a few of them are very specific to Boise. Well, that, that's good, though. I mean, you're, you know, that's, that's where you're going to start. A, a lot of comics do hometown stuff. Mm-hmm. You write what you know, right? Well, can can uh, can you run one by us? Uh, I don't know anything about uh, Boise, so. Okay, well, um, I'm at Boise State University, and this year they've started a new class requirement, which is called University Foundations, because they want every student to have this, have a similar college experience. I mean, besides bad sex, binge drinking, total drama, lots of homework, no sleep. It's funny. That's good. Yeah, it's a good joke. Yeah, it needs some work. No, it's good. Yeah. What's, uh, what else you got? Oh, gosh. They're so kind of, um, well, um, the kind of joke that goes around Boise, Boise State colors are blue and orange, and they say that's because uh, you wear the orange shirt. You wear the orange shirt on Saturday to the game, Sunday for hunting, and for the rest of the week it's working on the highway. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I like that joke a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Where's the where's the confidence? Where's the swagger? The stand up swagger? Uh I don't know. I'm still working on this. Well there's a reason that stand up comedians don't um that they work on a stage with a microphone and they don't just call random Americans and tell them the joke over the phone. I, I mean I think these will work these will work better when you're sort of seeing people. But I, I think that's a very good yeah. joke. I think you're off to a good start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you not do you don't believe us? No, it's just I've had a very, very long week with a lot of projects due and kind of haven't slept much. Was now was that a joke? Sadly no, okay. I haven't slept okay. like in two days. Oh. Is that a joke? <laughs> I wish <laughs> All right. Do you show throw us another joke? Um well I don't get football. It's you don't use your feet and there is no ball and I don't think it can be called a ball if you can literally take someone's eye out with it. Yep. Mm. All right. That's one of my worst jokes I came up that's, with. That you know what, though? But that's why we're here. We're gonna, You know, you try them out, and then you, you hear how they land. That uh, one just died. Yeah. Well, of the three, that was my least favorite, I would say. So I think what you have is what? You hit 66%. It's better than yeah. most comedians. Yeah. It's better than my grade point average. Hey, now. <laughs> Sam, ladies and gentlemen. Sam. <laughs> I I think I speak for both of us. We're just we are impressed that you're doing this. It's so it's very courageous thing to do. Thank you. That wasn't a joke. I'm he not wasn't making joking. <laughs> All right. Well, Sam, uh, thanks for checking in or letting us check in with you, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Now we've uh, we've heard of a couple people listening to this uh, podcast while running. Uh, Mike among them. Uh, not. Not me. Not my mic. I don't generally run. Mike out there uh, listening while running. So for those of you who are currently jogging, uh, the, these next 15 seconds are for you. Do you think they're going really fast right now? Yeah, they're probably, probably it's probably a pretty fast. Fifteen seconds. I think it's inspired. Yeah. yeah, you guys look great. We're still uh, getting tons and tons of uh, beautiful toilets from you. Uh, keep sending them in to uh, howto at npr.org. And this week we have a submission from Matt. It's the bathroom at a bar called the Boiler Room here in Chicago. Now, we're going to go uh, check it out with Matt. Uh, you'll know we're there when we start speaking in hushed tones. Or flushed tones. I was thinking maybe we did that joke once before. I doubt it. My throat hurts from whispering. That's what happens when you speak in flushed tones. Oh. Um, so, uh, t- tell us where we are. We're at the boiler room in Chicago, and we're standing outside the men's restroom. And uh, what's, uh, what's special about this restroom? Well, it's modeled after an L train, and for those of you not from Chicago, the L is the elevated rail line that runs throughout Chicago. It's sort of our metro. Yeah, we're looking at the, the door here, and it, it looks like, you know, the, uh, the metal it's door. Window. It's got a window here like you'd have it on your train, and it's got the image, a silhouette of strap hangers riding the train, or riding, I guess, the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go in. Oh my, it has sound effects. Oh. Doors closing. 
This is incredible. Yeah, right? It's pretty cool. And the, the inside's got this sort of industrial feel with the, it looks like corrugated, a giant corrugated pipe for walls, maybe. Yeah. And I especially appreciate the hangers above the urinal. So if you can't support yourself from drinking too much, uh, you have the option of hanging. Yeah, it's the straps kind of that you would see in a subway, except they're above a urinal. Your feet need never touch the ground. <laughs> Can I say how weird it is that uh, we are in a, a bathroom that is modeled after a subway train, and yet it smells less like urine than a subway train does? Well, that's, I would say, unrealistic. <laughs> I think that's the only downside to this. It's, it's not believable. Have you ever uh, come in here and just seen somebody just hanging out like you would on, on the train? Hanging on to the straps? Yeah. No. <laughs> Have you ever, Matt, now that you've been in here, mistaken the, your train for a place where you can pee? Thankfully, no. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations, Matt. Thank you. You have this week's Toilet of the Week. Hey, Rigo. How you doing? Ah, well, re- really fine. And you? Oh, just great. Oh, great. Great. I'm great, but you are? We're, we're both great. Okay, so, Arrigo, we want to talk to you about this soccer game. You went to this pro football match in Europe. This is a big Italian Huge. team. Uh, your team, Udinese, was playing in another team's stadium. Tell us what happened. I, I didn't think uh, uh, I, 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 I could be alone, okay? Okay, so all right. So what what you're saying there uh, is, is that you're there watching your team, but you are the only fan of your team who showed up. The the only fan on your side of this the stadium. How how do you cheer for your team when you're the only one? Only when uh, I'm uh, go up uh, of the steps of the stadium, I have to begin to scream to my players. Okay, you need yeah. the players. Uh, and I scream, I'm alone, I'm alone. Okay, <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, and how, how did the fans on the other side react? Uh, in, uh, when they finished the match, when the, the match is the end, okay, all people of the stadium have uh, made me clap, clap, applause, okay? <laughs> and uh, wish me good Christmas. And after the match, they wake me for offer me to eat and uh, drink. Hey, wait, I, I, all right, I guess we got to ask, uh, how did your team, how did Udinese do? Did they win? Yes, the, score, uh, the final score, <laughs> okay. Uh, Sampdoria, zero. Udinese team, two. I won. Alone. <laughs> yes, you won alone. Congratulations. Yes, yes. Thank you. That does it for this week's show. What we learned today, Mike? Well, I learned that to be a stand-up comedian, you have to endure years of failure. Yeah. Do you have to fail specifically at comedy, or can I just could I fail at anything? Because hmm. you could be an upholsterer who is really bad, but you did your time for two years. Then you're hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Probably a lot of jokes about fabrics. I learned from Arigo that you can still go off by yourself and do something in public and be the only person doing it and still have fun. Oh, yeah. I, I worry, though, that Arigo showed up there and he's like, you know what? There's going to be a bunch of people. I'm going to paint a U on my chest and there's going to be, you know, six other guys there to finish it for yeah. me. And then it's, it's just you. I do think that he provides kind of an inspiring example because he embraced his aloneness. Mm-hmm. 
he stood up and said, I'm here. I'm alone. I am alone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I want to go to a movie sometime by myself and not be ashamed. Yeah. Be like, I'm here. Yeah. By myself. Yeah, that would probably ruin the movie, though. I just, for everybody else. I, uh, it would be great for you and your confidence. But it would, a lot of people are just, they're trying to watch the movie. But I bet if I went to The Hobbit, they'd be like, 12 other guys would stand up and do the exact same thing. <laughs> yep. How to Do Everything is produced by Blythe Hega with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern at last is Leah Menzer. Uh, our website is howtodoeverything.org. And we're still accepting your Toilet of the Week nominations. You can send them along with your questions to howto at npr.org. And uh, we would like to say we haven't had the chance yet. Uh, thank you all so much for the Stitcher Award. Yeah, thanks. That was awesome. That's the, we're the most original podcast. Yep, the best or, best original podcast. I'm Ian. I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks. I'm alone. I'm alone.